Lord, we give you this time in Jesus' name. Speak to us. Amen. Well, friends, we've been on a journey from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, from a manger to a cross, from birth to death. Tonight, our steps bring us closer, and the cross looms larger. Tonight, we see more clearly God's ultimate plan of salvation unfold. You know, it seems like we rush from Merry Christmas to Happy Joyful Easter. Yet here we are on Monday, Thursday, approaching Good Friday. And I have lived long enough to believe firmly that we need Passion Week to really focus on Jesus and what God has done for us, is doing and will continue to do through Jesus Christ. The cross. Look at it. It's there for all of us to see. I like that it's draped in purple because it reminds us that the cross once held the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. And if that had not happened, had it been an empty cross, we would not be here. So I invite you to stay with me, stay focused this evening, because this is a serious time for us, and this is a serious sermon. But remember, Easter is coming. The scripture that Rosalind just read speaks with authority and clarity about Jesus. It tells us about his character as well as God's plan for all of creation through Jesus, God's son. A lot of information for us there in that scripture. At the name of Jesus, everywhere, everyone will confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's God's salvation plan for all creation. Doesn't that make your hearts beat a little bit faster? And think about what does that really mean? Well, what else have we learned from the passage in Philippians? We know that Jesus is fully divine fully human, without sin, obedient, heart life of a servant. Jesus and his friends, the disciples, are gathered to share the Passover meal. But before they eat, Jesus takes a towel and a basin of water, and he kneels in front of each of the disciples, and he washes their dusty, dirty feet. Shock in the room. Much dismay ensues. Don't do that, master. Don't do that. That's a job for a humble servant. And even though there's lots of voices saying, don't do that, in my mind, Jesus very calmly replies, I give you a new commandment. 
to love one another as I have loved you by this action. Everyone will know if you care for them that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It seems simple, don't you think? But we know how challenging it is to be humble with a servant heart. Now add to what you know, because hindsight is so important and helpful, but the disciples don't yet know what lies ahead. Just think of it. For just a moment, can we put ourselves in that place to know what is ahead? Jesus knew what was ahead. Jesus is about to endure the most agonizing event, but he spends his very last night on earth with his disciples in tender moments, eating together, giving reassurance that all will be okay, teaching them to love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. As I was preparing this sermon, I couldn't help but ask myself the question, how would I spend my final hours on earth? How would you spend your final hours on earth? Let that question sit within your heart and mind for just a moment. Jesus knows what is coming. Now, can we transport ourselves mentally and emotionally back to the upper room for just a a minute or two? Let me set the scene for you. Jesus only has a little time left. And this is how he decided to spend it. Giving words of hope and encouragement to the disciples and also to us today, because centuries later, we know what he said. We know the end of the story. I'm not always certain that's the best thing for us, because I think it's easy to just become comfortable with what we already know. Yes, Easter is coming, you know, and all that that might mean on Sunday. Do we really think about all that led up to having Easter, to having resurrection? Tonight we're going to walk through just some of the stories about Jesus last night. I'm going to refer to a written resource that was prepared by Mona Chicks, one of my colleagues, that she used at the Stations of Lent this past Monday night as part of our Passion Week journey. This is the one that the children received. Mona is a very creative, gifted writer. And if you were one of the over 150 people that attended Stations of the Lent, you know how powerful this booklet was. Her reflections are perfect for our part of the Lenten journey tonight. The adult guide was also very helpful, but you know, I think there's something about using things that are written 
for children because I always think of Jesus saying, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So there's something about how clear and simple the message is. We're also later going during the time of communion and blessing have specially selected artwork for you to look at, to reflect on, maybe to even pray over as a way of giving us another spiritual dimension to our communion and prayer time. Tonight, all our senses are going to be involved in the journey to the cross. Listen to Luke's account of the Last Supper. And Jesus said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you before I suffer. Remember, Jesus knew the outcome. It was a last night, an opportunity to share with his friends and into the future because we get the privilege of listening in each time we come to the Lord's table. Can you sense, and maybe there's an urgency to Jesus' voice. It says he eagerly desired to share a meal, to trust God, to remember, to wash feet, to give a commandment, to truly, truly love one another. He eagerly desired to deliver words that more than 2,000 years later, you and I can cling to and those dark hours that we all seem to face at some time in our lives. We know that there are times when we also need hope and direction and healing and help and to hear God's word as we receive the Lord's Supper reminds us again of how well we are known to God and what a difference it makes in our daily lives. He eagerly desired to give the Passover cup and bread new meaning. This cup, Jesus said, is the new covenant sealed in my blood, a new promise, my blood poured out for you. This bread, my body, given for you. That, my friends, is really love. What a sacrifice that Jesus was making on our behalf. This is how Jesus spent his final hours on earth as he moves closer to the cross. Remember Jesus' words. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I wonder how much the disciples heard Jesus say, suffer, before I suffer. I wonder if they were still wrapped up in having their feet washed by their master. But after supper, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed. Let me refresh your memory with that scripture from Mark or Matthew. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. He began to be sad 
and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sad. I feel close to death. Stay here. Keep watch with me. He went a little farther and then he fell with his face to the ground. He prayed, my father, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering away from me. But let what you want be done, not what I want. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. I must admit, that's one of the saddest scriptures for me to read. They were sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray. Then you won't fall into sin when you are tempted. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Jesus went away a second time. He prayed, my father, is it possible for this cup to be taken away? But if I must drink it, may what you want be done. Then he came back again. And again, he found them sleeping. They couldn't keep their eyes open, so he left them and went away once more. For the third time, he prayed the same thing. Mona added, the humanity of Jesus is nowhere more obvious than here in the garden. And these were the comments to the children who had this booklet. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus knew that bad things were coming. So he talked to his dad about it. He knew what was about to happen was God's plan to save all of us. His prayer time with God gave him the encouragement to go through it. He had been talking about God's kingdom for three years. He talked about God's plan when he talked to the crowds, to his followers, and when he talked to God. When Jesus died on the cross, he was taking another step in God's plan to heal all the world so it can be part of God's kingdom. I don't know about you, but I think this is the first time I have heard it explained so clearly. And then we have the rest of that passage where it says, Then he, Jesus, returned to the disciples, and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is about to be handed over to sinners. Remember Jesus' words, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. It sounds like the suffering is to begin. Recently, I was talking with a family member who is struggling over the approaching death of a son. person of strong faith, prayed a lot and trusted God to answer prayers as Jesus prayed, Father, if it is your will, 
Well, everything said that this was not going to be a time of healing this side of heaven. And she paused and then said to me, I love the Lord, but we live a mystery. You know, friends, I would like to say I have all the answers. After all, I'm about to retire, and if I don't have them now, when am I ever going to get them? I have a lot of questions. I thought when I went to seminary, I would get all the answers. And all I realized were there were more and more questions than there were answers. But I know what I do believe. And it's what I hold on to when I walk with parishioners through the difficulties of life or when I have my own heart broken. I know that my God lives and is present with us in the joys and in the sorrows. I know that my God went to the cross for me and will not disappoint me when I look to the Lord for help and courage. I have chosen to trust God's word as I have experienced its truth and witnessed other faith-filled Christians live their lives in response to the Lord. Now listen to it this way. I know that our God went to the cross for each and every one of us. I know that God will not disappoint us, each and every one of us, when we look to the Lord for help and courage. Choose to trust God's word. Look around you at people who, even in the deepest, darkest time of their lives, still will say, I eagerly desire to trust God. You know, it would be very easy to take the Bible and open it and look through it and say, you know, that passage, that thing that we're asked to do, that commandment, I don't like that one and just tear the page out and throw it away. And then look a little bit further and say, no, there's another one. I certainly can't be expected to follow that command. No, I don't believe that one and tear that page out and throw it away. You know, I've come to believe if it were up to us, I think we'd have very thin Bibles. (laughs) So friends, Easter is coming. Follow God's teachings, all of them. Even in the midst of sorrow and suffering and the mystery of life, just like Jesus did when he prayed but still said, Thy will be done, Father. God wants to provide us comfort and joy and hope and light and love. And if you wonder how you can believe that, look to the cross. This is the power of the cross. Jesus, Emmanuel, our own flesh and blood came and died for our sin for us, took the blame, for us, died for us, you and me, so we can stand before this cross and know head and heart that we are forgiven, 
Our debt is marked paid in full. Nothing more is owed. Nothing more is needed. And that is good news. Loving God, we thank you for good news. Because sometimes it seems like we live in just a Good Friday world. So would you remind us anew that Easter is coming. We can hold on to that. We can rejoice in that. We can give you our thanks for that. In Jesus' name, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen.